True story for you. I just pressed record and started talking and then realized I had my mask on because it's the uh, COVID-19 here in Australia. Uh, I live in Victoria in Australia, so uh, our numbers are skyrocketing, not as not as big as some other places like the US and things like that, but it's uh, still concerning. So it's mandatory to wear masks. And um, yeah, I was so used to wearing one that I forgot to take it off inside my car to, uh, yeah, to start recording this podcast. Anyway, it's um, <laughs> episode 27. Thanks for joining me. My name is Eero. Um, you're listening to my podcast, which is called Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking about the miniature game and the miniatures bolt action from Warlord Games. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for the Imperial Orc Podcast. Bolt action, taking its name from the, uh, you know, like the lever action on a rifle, is a miniatures game, a tabletop war game, based in World War II, so 1939 to 1945. It uh, uses 28mm scale miniatures and tanks and terrain and other vehicles and things. Um, so you can battle in, like, the in France. You can battle in the icy steppes of Russia. You can, in the deepest, darkest jungles and fight. You can uh, wage war in the, uh, the, the North Africa campaign. All different theatres of war um, are pretty much covered by bolt action. The game first came out in 2012, I think it was, and was created by Alessio Cavatore and Rick Priestley. Some of you rec- might recognise the name Rick Priestley as the chap who, uh, one of the chaps who helped design Warhammer Fantasy. As it turns out, during my research on the bolt action, I came across a whole bunch of other games based in World War II as well. 148 Combat, Action Stations, Ambush Blitz, Arc of Fire, Armour and Infantry, Assault Gun, um, Bag the Hun (laughs) from 2005, Battlefield Evolution, Battlefront World War II, uh, Command Decision, Disposable Heroes, Easy 8 Battleground, Fast Micro Armour Rules of World War II, Final Round, Flames of War, of course, General Quarters, Greystorm, Red Steel, Hour of Glory, Iron Tigers, um, Lacquered Coffins, <laughs> I like the sound of that one, Mine Panzer, Look Sarge, No Charts, um, what else we got, Naval Action, Ostfront, Panzer Marsh, Panzer Munitures, um, patrol, combat patrol, poor bloody infantry, salvo, World War II naval, and spitting fire. So quite a few there, and believe me, the list just kept going and going. Um, but I suppose in 2020, the big ones are definitely bolt action, and I'd say Flames of War as well. Flames of War is 15mm. Um, I have a mild interest in it, but I don't know. I think 28mm is pretty small. As far as like painting and stuff, I don't know. I don't know if I want to challenge myself and go even smaller, because you know what? I'm only getting older. So, and from what I've heard, you obviously, <clears throat> which makes sense, 
the smaller you go, the less detail you can really put in there. And I'm sort of developing my skills as best as I can to in- improve the detailing that I do. So why <laughs> throw a spanner in the works and go smaller? So bolt action is the game for me. Not just because of the size, of course, but if you're anything like me, someone who loves World War II movies and World War II history, then you can't go past bolt action. It's got so many factions. It's got the Allied, it's got the Axis, um, but it's got the, the big ones. It's got the Americans, it's got the Brits, it's got the, uh, the Germans and the Russians, but it's also got the smaller factions, which still, they... they you know, still did very well in the uh, in World War Two. You're talking about the Polish, you're talking about the French. Um, well, the Italians, let's face it, didn't do amazingly well, I suppose, but uh, by all accounts, but they were still there, and there were some of them who definitely tried their hardest. Bless them. As some of you know, by looking at my blog or Instagram, I or even listening to this podcast, I'm a big fan of fantasy. I'm a big fan of being creative. So going nuts with my miniatures and turning them into things that I want them to be rather than what the box says they should be. However, when it comes to historical stuff, I think there's part of me that out of respect, in a way, I want to pay homage. And instead of painting them hot pink, painting the, you know, the US airborne hot pink (laughs) or something, polka dots, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I have to. I feel like I have to and I want to do the right thing and paint them as close as I can to how they looked back in those 40s, back in the uh, the wartime. Now, I'm not going to um, be anal about it. Um, I'm going to use khaki as a general colour. You know, I'm going to use black as a general colour. I'm not going to get really bogged down with, well, actually, the webbing on the uh, British Airborne was actually a shade darker green, you'll find, young Eero. From what I've seen online, people get really, I suppose it's a passionate thing. They, they Again, they're taking what I'm doing, so paying homage, but taking it to the next level and getting it exactly right. But, uh, I mean, I'm a slow painter anyway, I think. So, if I was to do that, um, despite enjoying researching, I think it's going to take me six days to paint one little fella. I actually started collecting bolt action figurines or miniatures early 2017, I think it was. Um, And I think that was still the first edition rules, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Now I have so many kits and boxes and I have the second edition rules. I haven't, I've, I've briefly read through the rules. As you may know, I'm not really a gamer. I kind of... Uh, cut my own path and sort of make it up as I go along. However, from what I've read with Bolt Action and from what I've seen on YouTube um, battle reports and things like that, it's pretty straightforward, the rule set, the rule system. So I'm actually kind of keen to learn this rule set inside out and then maybe twist and turn it mold it to my own liking, but generally sort of follow it. I quite like the um, the fact that it's not turn for turn. So it's, you know, you, you put the, uh, you put 10 um, German dice in a bag and you put 10 British dice in a bag, shake it up and you and your opponent take turns um, taking a die out and going, okay, we got to action this die for the Germans. Now it might turn out that your opponent draws out all 10 dice and you're sort of left stand there going, well, when's it my bloody turn? But that's kind of the luck of the draw, really, isn't it? Like, and that's 
the way I think any good game should play out. Like, it's not just, I'll take my turn, you can see what I've done and where I'm heading, and then it's your turn. I think it adds a bit more spice to the whole thing. So I'm actually looking forward to, yeah, learning the rules and trying to have a proper game, <laughs> a tabletop war game of bolt hack action with uh, a couple of friends of mine. So... In the meantime, obviously, I've got a shitload of miniatures to paint. Now, just uh, off the top of my head, um, I've got a whole bunch of Aussies, which I've made a start with, which I'll talk about more soon. Um, I've got a little bit of Soviet, and I've got more on the way. I've got um, Blitzkrieg Germans. I've got, I think I've got some SS Waffen as well. Um, I've got, what else? Oh, I've got the British Airborne Starter pack, uh, starter army pack, which is pretty cool. Looking forward to doing those. All those um, red berets should be fun. I'm a big fan of the movie A Bridge Too Far. And uh, what else have I got? I've got the, which I suppose with the Soviets, um, the Siberian veterans. I'm actually looking forward to painting those because they're kind of ragtag, you know, rough around the edges kind of guys. What else have I got? Uh, I think I've got the um, the normal, uh, the, the standard British army as well. I've got Band of Brothers, the Band of Brothers um, kit too. So plenty there. Um, I'm going to get some Japanese as well. Uh, I'm going to get a, a little bit of Italians. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've got a lot to do. I'm looking forward to it. And um, yeah, let me, uh, let me waffle on about the Aussies in a minute. While doing some research for this episode, I stumbled across a quote from John Curtin, our Prime Minister during World War II in Australia, and uh, it goes like this. I quite like it. It goes like this. If I liken the Pacific War to a football match, I can say to you that the first half is over. We have kicked off after the interval, and we are going to carry the ball into the enemy territory for a smashing victory. The game is not lost or won until the last bell goes. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi, oi! Bloody love the Australians, so that's why, I mean, obviously I live in Australia, so that's kind of why I started my bolt action project with painting Australians. Um, I've got to say, I th I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I know I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I just want to bang on about it a whole lot more. Um, yes, it's a simple colour scheme, you know, it's just greens and there's a bit of beige in there and there's a flesh tone and then there's you know, some brown for the boots and for the butt of the rifles and the uh, SMGs, but I don't know. There's something, <laughs> dare I say, like kind of heartwarming uh, as I paint these chaps. Um, and the other thing as well is, well, the ones I've started with at least anyway, are metal miniatures. Now, I have painted metal miniatures before, but I haven't done a whole unit. I've done sort of some characters like the Last Chances I've, I've painted probably six or seven of those, um, and some other random bits and pieces over the years, but I haven't painted a whole army, I haven't painted a whole squad of just metal, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Now, I can't really explain why. I think the details are probably a little bit crisper as far as... 
older uh, compared to older plastics i think the more modern day plastics that uh, certainly that wall uh, so certainly that games workshop are doing are very very crisp indeed but the metal miniatures yeah there's just something more about them um i like the weight of them in my hand i remember alex from lead balloony uh, saying leadballoony.com, go check him out. Um, saying that to me years ago, that there's something about the weight of it in your hand. You feel like you're painting something really tangible and not a flimsy plastic toy. <laughs> so, so far, I've painted two units, two squads, you want to call them, of 10 men. The first one being the um, Jungle Infantry Division. Um, I finished that a Oh, about a week or so ago and then for the last week I've sort of been chipping away I think it's taken roughly about four hours but that's a broken four hours um, to do another 10 and that's the um, the commandos for World War Australian commandos for World War Two as well um, I've made them uh, a Z special unit which is um, a com elite an elite commando unit that I've just been reading about um, they're so cool they're so cool to paint this the sculpts are perfect They've got um, some of them wearing like the berets, but others have got almost like a um, what do you call them? Like a is it a do rag? Like a almost like a bandana, like a floppy bandana type thing. And then others have got the the slouch hat. And they're yeah, they're just so cool to paint. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, each one has got his own little character going on, even though they're all kind of you know they're like just green but yeah i don't know the faces the, the the stance on each one is quite unique and um i don't know i can't rave about them enough they're <laughs> they're just they're just be really really cool sculpts to paint generally i'm not someone who enjoys batch painting i don't know if there many are many people out there that enjoy batch painting it's kind of just one of those things you need to do if you if you're painting rank and file if you've got you know Oh, I don't know, uh, 20 rifle, riflemen to do for uh, some French Napoleonics game or something, then, you know, you just want to slap the paint on and get them done for the game. Um, each one pretty much looks the same as the next one unless you've got, like, one playing a drum or something like that. But these guys, and I think it does come down to the fact that they, each sculpt is individual, is unique. Um, I haven't been bored with the batch painting approach, so I've done all, you know, the batch painting, I base coat everything, um, or undercoat everything, then do my base colors. Um, then I do the eyes. I tend to do the, or have been tending to do the eyes on these ones. Um, I've tried my hardest with the eyes, but still, I, I can see that I'm getting a little bit better with eyes, but it's still a bloody challenge, that's for sure. Um, and then, yeah, you know, doing the, the webbing and the, um, the pouches and the, the weapons and, you know, so on and so forth, and doing my ink washes and then my highlighting. It's, it's um, been pretty straightforward, very, very enjoyable, but pretty straightforward, and that's why I think batch painting has been okay in this regard, but um, if I had to paint all, like, you know, if all 10 sculpts were exactly the same, just standing there pointing their rifles, then, yeah, it definitely wouldn't be as enjoyable. Next, I'm going to uh, tackle some militia, but then after that, I'm going to go after some artillery for my Australians, uh, the 25-pounders, or 25-pounder short, uh, to be more accurate. They were called that because 
what they would do because they were notoriously bad to transport through jungles and across deserts and stuff like that they would actually lighten the load by removing the gun shield and trimming down the barrel so it became the 25 pounder short um quite an iconic uh, piece of weaponry for the aussies bit of a, a standard bit of kit for them um and yeah had devastating effects on the enemy one thing I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into is the Matilda tank for the Aussies. That's on the water now, like literally coming across from uh, the UK from Warlord Games. So I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on that. That'll be the first tank that I paint for my uh, bolt action uh, project. So yeah, pumped for that one. I think the next faction that I tackle, though, will be the Soviets. I've been doing a lot of reading about them, about Stalingrad, about uh, Operation Barbarossa, and, yeah, I, that, you know, um, I go and look it up. That's all I can say. It's, it's horrific stuff, fascinating stuff, and compelling stuff. And I, uh, I don't know, I felt inspired, like I did with watching Kokoda, I felt inspired after reading about Stalingrad to go, yep, you know what? Soviet's going to be my next faction. I'm looking for. I mean, they're meant to be pretty standard to paint because the the uniforms didn't really change. Um, and but I don't know. I think if I'm going Stalingrad kind of era, then I could probably change up change it up a little bit because obviously the troops, because it was such chaos and freezing cold. Both Germans and Russians were picking up any bits of scrap of cloth to use as, as clothing. So I think that could make for an interesting looking ragtag kind of army. One more thing I'd like to mention uh, before we go into the hobbyist spotlight for this episode, episode 27, is that I am doing something a little bit different with my bolt action. So um, it wouldn't be Eero if it wasn't uh, <laughs> putting my own spin on things, that's for sure. Um, it's nothing drastic. It's just that I'm calling it bolt action 48, not to be confused with Cl conflict 47. There's no werewolves in, in my project. Um, it's still historically accurate as far as what they're wearing, what they're using, all the different armies. But in my world, the war kept going. Hitler didn't die. The bombs didn't drop on Japan. The war kept going. So the reason I'm doing that is because I don't want to be restricted to I have to have early war Germans for this scenario or whatever. Um, I want my Germans, my Blitzkrieg to be fighting, um, who knows, the Japanese maybe. I want the Australians to team up with the Soviets and kick ass in Stalingrad. Um, you know, like I just want to change it up a little bit like that. Um, I know that's probably going against the rules and, and maybe the historians out there amongst you are pulling your hair out going, what the hell, you can't just rewrite history. But you know what, guys, I kind of can. Um, <laughs> I could do what I want, damn it. Um, but as I say, still paying homage and respect uh, as far as who fought. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just want to. I just want to change things up a little bit so I'm not restricted to where and how and why and who. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. The hobby spotlight this week is on Pete the Wargamer. Did you say Pete the Wargamer? Because I'm definitely up for a bit of that. <laughs> Uh, no, Scabrot, uh, not Eat the Wargamer. Pete, as in Peter, the Wargamer. Um, I found him on YouTube, and I found him because I was looking up how to paint some bolt-action miniatures, uh, obviously recently, and in the last week or two weeks, actually. And, yeah, 
brilliant, absolutely brilliant channel. He's obviously been around for a while because there's quite a few videos on there. He's on pretty much all social media platforms, Facebook. He's over on Instagram uh, Instagram as well, uh, just uh, the Wargamer with an underscore between each of those words. And his tutorials are sharp, snappy, to the point. There's not too much mucking around, and I love it. Like, it's just, these are the colors. This is how I do it. Get stuck in, enjoy yourself. And it's and it, really informative, really cool. He also does not just bolt action, but he's done, um, you know, a lot of Warhammer gear as well. Uh, he does live streams. He did a Death Guard live stream, which was pretty cool. He also does conversions. Um, the one on the Necrons was actually really cool. Um, he seems to be a bit of a fan of Flames of War too because he's painted a lot of armor and vehicles and stuff for Flames of War, which obviously can be easily applied to um, bolt action as well. So go check him out, guys. It's Pete the Wargamer on YouTube. Um, yeah, just a really nice, really well presented. Um, he's obviously got great cameras at work doing his thing, um, not shaky cameras and a nice voiceover, easy listening voice. He's got a voice for radio, definitely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, go check him out, Pete the Wargamer. A big shout out to Caden Gray, who emailed me to say great job. Thanks very much, Caden. And also, uh, Awful or Awful, uh, it's O-double-F-A-L. Sorry, buddy, I'm not sure how you say it. But I wanted to say to you, because he's listening from France, um, I think it's a he, and I just wanted to say, Buevenue Aubord which is, I think, <laughs> it's really bad French, but it's uh, welcome aboard. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Nice to know that someone's listening all the way from France. If you'd like to email me, you can very easily, very easily. Just jump on your laptop or your, your device and email me imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. It can be about anything. Um, I've got a few sort of pen power relationships going now. We talk about everything from coronavirus to how to weather a layman Russ. Um, so yeah, I'm open. I'm easy. Just contact me. Let's say good day. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, which is Imperial Rebel Orc. Uh, and you can also find my blog, follow my blog, read my blog, imperialrebelorc.wordpress.com. That's it for episode 27. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for liking. Really, really, really do appreciate it. If you can jump over to Apple Podcasts, you can, or iTunes, I should say, um, you can give my little podcast a review and that helps. But honestly, I'm just happy for you to share it around, tell your friends, tell your hobby buddies, whatever. Um, more the merrier. Um, I'm not in this to make any money, although that would be nice. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but really, I just enjoy doing it. And the interaction is really cool. So yeah, get in touch and pass the word and keep listening, guys. And I'll see you on episode 28. You've been listening to The Imperial Rebel Podcast.